Yes. Welcome back to Team Cash. <laughs> it's your host, Good Luck Chuck. We're back at it again with another episode. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, and share all your social media platforms. Uh, man, so we see that things turned up a little bit here in training camp lately. Um, as we prepare to go up against the Washington Commanders for our next preseason matchup. But before you get to all that, I'd like to introduce the panel. Top right hand of screens, my guy Country. Bow right hand of screens, my is our homegirl Kylie. And we got a special guest here. Uh, he's he calls himself washed up when it comes to analyzing film for the Chiefs. Uh, <laughs> he's from uh, he's from Arrowhead Live. We'd like to welcome Caleb James to this episode of Kingdom Cats. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. What about y'all? So great, brother. Can't complain. That's real good, man. <laughs> so yeah, man. Uh, let's get to it, man. Let's let's get to the let's get to the spiciness real quick. Uh, like you know, we don't really get much of that here from the kingdom. So let's go ahead and talk about it real quick. Uh, you know, these guys saw yesterday. Uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes and uh, Rashad Finn had a competitive moment along with Travis Kelsey. Uh, you know, they was going back and forth, exchanging words. Uh, Patrick saying that Rashad was holding every play. Um, you know, I'm I'm saying the G-rated version <laughs> currently, but yeah, he's holding every effing play. And you know, Rashad was going back and forth with him and stuff. So I mean, I just looked at it as guys, you know, getting each, making each other better, and that's why I named this episode "Competitive Pricks" because you know that was a competitive prick moment between like three guys. So that's something that we need in training camp. Like, need guys, you know, going back and forth. Being competitive, talking a little trash, you know, just trying to make each other better and stuff. So, I'm um, go around the room, man. I mean, what you guys, what you guys think when you guys saw the uh, clips? I like that energy. I like it. You need that. You know what I'm saying? Just get the juices flowing. Get, you know, be competitive. Travis Kelsey is one of the best tight ends in the in the, in the NFL. So, if you can get him to get fired up. That's, that sounds good to everybody on the team. Like, that sounds like a good thing, not a bad thing. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is a, the best quarterback in the NFL. So, you get him chirping and get him off his game maybe a little bit, you know, and he brings that fire. And the next day, today, uh, I think he went in sitting like all game. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, that makes him better. Still sharp and still. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to. Uh, um, cornerbacks, you know what I'm saying? Like, a cornerback, you're supposed to have a little deep in you, you're supposed to have a little narcissism in you, you know what I'm saying? You gotta have that attitude. Um, <laughs> it's funny because we don't like Steve Nelson now, but, but Steve Nelson, uh, <laughs> the most confident guy I've ever met in my life. Like, no matter what happened, Steve was like, Yeah, I, I, I had him. <laughs> and I'd be like, Definitely. I loved it. I'm a competitive prick myself, I guess you could say. Um, growing up with sports, I was always super competitive. So I love seeing that energy that they're bringing to the field. And I mean, they're making valid points like he was holding. I love seeing the aggressive aggression when he's calling him out like that. I mean, that's only going to make all of them better. Um, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes are one of the deadliest duos in the league. So um, you got to challenge that. And that's only going to make Fenton better. And he needs to understand that, like, those are calls that aren't going to be 
that are, aren't going to slide when it get, comes to game time. So I love seeing it. It shows that the intensity is there. They're serious. They're ready to play. Uh, and they're ready to play hard. And they're ready to win. I loved it. Yeah. And Rashad was definitely holding. If you go back and watch the clip, you know, Hall of Fame player like Kelsey, he's going to get that call every single time. Doesn't matter. He's going to get it from the ref. But the thing I'll say about Fenton is he's kind of like become like a pest on the Chiefs. Like, as you've seen him in like some of these past games, he's like, gets in the, you know, he's a six round pick. So he plays with that chip on his shoulder. He gets in guys' faces. He's trying to fluster these big time receivers. He's that guy you hate playing against. But when it comes down to it on Sunday, he's the guy you want on your team because I'll, you know, throw like a basketball reference out there. He kind of reminds me of Pat Bev a little bit. I think we all remember that sequence <laughs> against the Cowboys last year. He got a couple of flags thrown on him in a row there. You know, he was, you know, he was all fired up on that. But that's the kind of thing, you know, he can get inside someone's head. If he's going to, yeah, he was doing all that. He was, he was about to get, he, I thought he was going to get fined for that, but I don't know whatever happened. But uh, they, uh, they got him and, you know, yeah, but he's just one of those guys. He's going to get after you. He's going to be like a pest in the paint, you know. And really, that's the kind of guy you need on a team. But when you're a six-round pick like he is, you know, you're going to play with that chip on your shoulder no matter what, whether it's, you know, Drew Locke or Patrick Mahomes in practice, it doesn't matter. Yeah, so, like, man, I I, I enjoyed all of it, man. So, we, we look forward to see if uh, there's any more shipping that's coming out of it. Coming out of the entire ordeal, but you know, camp is winding down. There's only like a few days left. And two uh, days left, right? I think it's yeah. only two days left. Yeah, I'm going tomorrow. I was gonna go today, but it rained, so definitely going tomorrow. Yeah, I was just about to ask you if you headed out there today. So yeah, I'm going tomorrow. But yeah, let's um, let's go. I'm, well, Caleb, I want to ask you this, man. Um, I just want to rewind back to the. Preseason game gets the Bears for a little bit because I know you put up a few clips on your Twitter page, you know, reviewing film and stuff, man. Like, uh, what stood out to you the most from your perspective just from watching the game on Saturday? I think just from watching the game, I saw a lot of team speed on defense. And, you know, the Bears, the Bears are going to be a bad team this year. They're not really that great across the board. But really, when you look out there at the defense in the first, you know, two or three plays of the game for the starting defense are Justin Reed making a tackle for very minimal gain. Willie Gay coming out of nowhere to save a massive run because he's, you know, he clearly has improved his play recognition around the line of scrimmage. And then Chris Jones going in and getting the sack there. You can see kind of where things are headed for this defense. They're headed in the right direction. You know, they've obviously gotten faster across the board. They've gotten more athletic across the board. And, you know, from an offensive perspective, everyone that you wanted to see play well probably did something positive or looked good. I don't think there's a whole lot to complain about with the first-team offense. Yeah, but I know one thing for the Bears, though. Um, on the defense side of the ball, they got a dog in. So, Quan Brister seemed like uh, after the Chiefs, you know, after every play, like he was there around the ball, like almost every play. But unfortunately, that's another guy they're not gonna pay when his rookie contract is about up. So. Yeah, man. Ryan Poles is in that kind of 
weird state right now where he doesn't want to get bogged down by a bunch of contracts because he's trying to like build his image on that team. But at some point you're like, well, when are you going to start losing respect to the veterans? If you're not like re-signing guys, you need to resign. That. Yeah. That situation with, with a uh, Rokron Smith, like it, that's wild to me. Like the dude's like, I think he's only 24 or 25. He made two safety team all pro selections and you're going to choose not to ban him. Like he's on the trading block. Like I just, I don't get it. But I mean, if you in a rebuild stage, you want to pay your a linebacker. So like, I wouldn't go out there. I wouldn't. I would get what I can, so I can further my rebuild stage. Like a linebacker isn't that important when you're rebuilding from scratch. Like they really starting from the bottom. It's like <laughs> you know, they have nowhere to go but up. Linebackers, I mean, they're usually like the leaders of the defense. Like, you know, Roquan, I'm pretty sure he's the guy that uh, it's like the green eye on their team. I don't know what they the Bears' full situation is, but he's a young piece. And I think moving forward, I mean, that's one of those pieces you want to keep if you're rebuilding. That's just my opinion. I don't know. I just – I kind of like think defense is almost easier to rebuild. Build so I feel like it's easier for teams to rebuild their defense first and their offense. You know, offense takes all that chemistry and time to put together. Defense, if you can get guys going in the right spot, maybe so maybe they'd want to restart there. But you know, country like you were saying, I think they're probably going to want to build around Justin Fields and their offense because that's kind of the trend in the NFL is you got to build around your young quarterback. Right. And if he, and if he's a valuable piece, they can get you back. Is Roquan is is Roquan Smith worth a one or what a two or three something like that? So maybe a couple middle round picks. And if you draft it right, they could be they, they could be good for you. But I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Thank God we're not good for because we got because we got humiliated by losing in the preseason. That's what the Bears columns and the Chiefs were humiliated uh, in that game. I don't know what game they were watching, but uh, <laughs> whatever it takes to fire up your team, man, you know, you got to take it there, bro. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, on the next subject, man, uh, I know we've seen that Jody Forson made his return to practice today. Uh, Dane Sheldon made his Debut at training camp. He's put in a couple of practices now. Um, I saw one clip. He was getting triple team, you know. So I guess he's garnering that attention already. But who knows when the when the full game starts? Because I do have a few questions in regards to him. Because I, like I said before, I think he's a guy you you only play like a certain amount of snaps, and uh, you'll be straight on the defensive line. So like Caleb, I want to ask you this, man. Uh, what are some now that we have? Officially cut five guys on our team. We moved down the cuts a little bit. What are some position battles you're looking forward to moving forward in these last two preseason games? Well, I think one that kind of stood out to me with bringing in Danny Shelton is like that defensive tackle room. You know, obviously you got Chris Jones and Naughty. You know, those have been your like long term starting guys. Chris Jones, you know, he's second best in the league behind only Aaron Donald at rushing the passer from the interior. But then you look at the preseason game. And Taylor Stallworth, who I think flew under the radar, not a lot of Chiefs fans talked about him a lot, even though last season he had more sacks than Jaron Reed did last season when he was playing for Indianapolis. 
you know, he's a run stuffer, but he's got some explosion back there also. Colin Saunders, he can make plays too. I mean, he's just been so hurt. He hasn't had really a chance to display what he can do. But, you know, you saw him rip that play and you kind of see that speed he has from being such a big guy. That's rare. And then you're bringing in Danny Shelton into that mix also, you know, plus you already got Turk in there. You know, he's kind of your hybrid. Like he can play defensive end on rundowns. He can do a little bit of everything like that. I, Danny Shelton's going to be fighting to make the roster because, yeah, you see that clip of him getting triple team. Like, how many times does he get to have the conditioning or endurance to be able to sit out there and do that? You know, he's not a guy you're going to be able to run out there three downs in a row. You know, you'll be lucky to get him on the field, you know, maybe four reps if there's a 10 play drive. So that competition is definitely going to be heating up. It'll be something to watch for. Yeah. Uh, Stallworth, man, it was like somebody gave him a bimbo, like, Hey, you need to do something to stay on this roster. And uh, he took that and he was fired up. He was my MVP over the first game. You know what I'm saying? So let's see if we can build on that in game two. And uh, Saunders, like you said, Saunders, man, if he can stay injury free, I think he, he, he should be a lot. But, you know, he, he's been he's been hurt a couple times. A few times but, um. Let's see if he can build on that because he had he had some flashes. Uh, Starwork definitely had some flashes, and uh, Shelton coming in. If he can if he can eat up two to three blockers, and then you got Chris Jones on the other side, that you know what I'm saying? Like somebody's gonna eat. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's uh, uh, Frank or Dunlap or George or whoever, somebody's gonna be able to come from that end. And get to the quarterback if, if he's taking up that amount of space. And he is huge. Like, this is good. Man, we see some big dudes over the top of balls. <laughs> Passing yeah. the ball and, um, what's the kid, 93? He's huge. Um, what's the little kid they had from like Africa or whatever? The Nigerian kid. You talking about uh, Kamara? He, yeah, he's, yeah, he's huge. on Hard Knocks yeah. last year. Do something like a different type of big, like wood, wood. Wow. <laughs> like tree chop. I'll show. We don't lost him for a little bit. Um, but yeah, he, he mentioned how big those guys are, man. Like um, Sheldon, he looked like a he looked like a boulder, man. <laughs> Just massive. Yeah. So what you got, Kylie? Uh, so no, I totally agree. I think that interior defensive lineman position is going to be really fun to watch. Um, I'm feeling a lot more comfortable with our defensive line after watching last game. Uh, you mentioned those guys that are rotating in and kind of who are fighting it out, but then the edge, I just, like you said, the athleticism, the speed, how quick they were off of the jump. And then I just, it makes me feel a little more comfortable because I do have some questions about our secondary, but if we can really hone in, like, hone in on that defensive line, then that makes me feel a little bit more comfortable about the secondary, about that cornerback position. Um, Cause that's another position that I'm kind of like, where are we going to go with this? I know Fenton's back now. He's got a spy, but um, there is definitely some guys out there that I'm anxious to see. And the defense as a whole is under the magnifying glass right now. So I don't think offense is the concern. It's more that defense. So I'm just excited to see what else they bring next against the commanders. <laughs> Post it up. I love it. 
Yeah. I no, uh, I thought the defensive ends were, you know, they're fairly impressive. You know, Dunlap was getting his feet about him. I think, I think they were going to be better off just like trying to use him as their pass rush guy. But Frank looked a little faster out there. George, you know, he looks different than he did on some of his film when he was in college. He looks like he's trimmed down maybe a little bit more, maybe a little more athletic. And then, you know, the reserve defensive ends. I think, you know, Josh Kando gets a lot of hype because he's, a you know, is a high draft pick. But Malik Herring came away with half a sack from the game, and he was making somewhat of an impact in there also after his first game in like two or three seasons because of his injury history. You know, that room's going to get interesting also just with kind of the depth that they've acquired, you know, throughout the last month or so. Yeah, so like um, speaking of Frank Clark, man, to me, I did. I think this is the quickest and most athletic I've seen him throughout his entire career. I think you make an argument for that because, like, even in Seattle, like Seattle, yes, he was he was quick and athletic and everything. Um, you know, right before you know he signed with us and everything, and that's not taking away the run he had he's had in the postseason. You know, dating back to uh, us going to the Super Bowl, winning it on everything. But to me, man, just looking at him, just looking at how he moves and stuff, um, you know, cutting down some of the stuff that he was including in his life and, you know, off the field and stuff, that's definitely helping him out tremendously. So, um, Frank, I mean, I'm not going to put any expectations on anything, but I do expect him to have maybe his best season or his second best season on the team this year. So, we'll see. It's amazing when you cut out that brown liquor, what happens? <laughs> no more Hennessy. Uh, uh, Frank looked like he drank. What do you think Frank Clark drank? Didn't he say it was Hennessy? I was it Hennessy? Was really I think so. Yeah, he looked like a hen dog type of guy. So. He looks like he drank. Maybe he looked like a Henny straight. You know? <laughs> uh, he might be. I think, I don't know. I think he's probably mixed it up with gin at least one night a week kind of guy. Ooh, no, that's death. That's dangerous. No. I think that's why Frank would be Frank, honest. Frank might drink Duce. Uh, he might be a Duce guy. Duce. At least from California, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, he, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, he might do gin, man. Maybe some gin or tequila, man. Who knows? Ooh. Maybe he's a, maybe he's a wine guy. Did you ever think all the vineyards out there? He's just over there maybe. smelling wines. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. He's not. But what if he was? Harrison Bucker is a wine guy. <laughs> For sure. Oh, no, he's For a Christian. Sure. He ain't gonna drink nothing. Um, <laughs> Frank looks fast, man. Frank looks like he's reinvigorated. Like he also, you know, quote the great Suarez Taylor that. Contract he was undefeated, you know. So he looked like he's trying to get that money back. He looked like he want to be here. He looked like he's focused and reinvigorated, man. And and he looks fast, like very very fast. Yeah, the Chiefs have linebackers on the roster right now who weigh more than he does, which is funny. He's built like he looks like honestly, he looks like an outside linebacker, if not a middle linebacker, just like body comp wise, but. Oh, he looked like he was getting off the ball fast and he was getting to the quarterback a little quicker. Yeah, but I was saying, like, I don't think – I was telling people, like, you know, people people were seeing, like, some uh, clips surfaces of him on Instagram through a story, you know, talking about how slim he got and everything. He said, you guys think Frank might, might be too skinny? I'm like, man, I think it's just a certain angle that you're looking at. Uh, like, I don't think the weight loss is anything 
uh, you guys got to be concerned about. Um, I, I still think the strength's still going to be there, but yeah, he just, he was working on just trying to get back to um, being a player that, the player that he's capable of, you know what I mean? The guy that we paid him, paid a bunch of money to, like, we all agreed that, you know, according to the contract stuff, he hasn't lit up to it numbers-wise, but, you know, he still made an impact to where he got some Lombardi in the end, but now, yeah. if now, but now it looks like he's ready to turn it up. For real, for real. And, and he's doing something. He's doing he's doing two things that I love. Orlando Brown's biggest problem last year were like speed guys. Mm-hmm. And he's going against Orlando Brown like every single day, it looks like. So in turn, he's making him a better left tackle by going on him one-on-ones every day. Like he's He's putting speed out there because he's a he's he's a quick guy, like we've been saying. So he's gonna help him do that. And then the after practice lessons with uh George and and those guys. And like we said, PSA, if you're a defensive lineman and you need some help, you need to be staying after practice and talking to Frank and Carlos and getting in Danny Sheldon's ear, these vets, get in their ear, learn the game, bro. Kango, I'm looking at you. I'm rooting for you, bro. I'm looking at you, though. It, it looks like Wharton's – I don't know. I've seen some of the one-on-one clips, and, you know, one-on-one pass pro is what it is in practice. But you see some of the moves Wharton looks like he's been working on trying to develop his pass rush arsenal. You know, I've been talking with people, you know, this could, I think this could be a year maybe where we see him bust out, like maybe have like a five- or six-sack season, you know, mm-hmm. come up and contribute because – you know, he hasn't made a ton of money throughout any point in his career just being an undrafted guy. He's a guy who, you know, if he comes out and gets five or six sacks, you know, a team will be like, you know, we'll throw you $10 million for, to come play for us for a season. That's right, Caleb. Done, Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot, of, a lot of cuss words in that one, bro. Calm <laughs> down, Caleb. <laughs> Who do you think you are, Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> yeah, I think he's quoting Patrick, but yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but speaking of George Karloftis, man, I want to talk about him because yeah, okay, he's he's grown on me. He's grown on me ever since the preseason game. I, I ain't gonna lie, like I liked our draft class this year, uh, but I did have questions about George. I ain't gonna lie. Yes, the motor was there, but like you know, I think about him. I think him bending corners. Um, shouldn't be a thing anymore. Uh, looks like he's learned how to do that from what I saw on Saturday. And he looked like a sponge, man, because, you know, like when they first got back to practice this week, you know, he was working on, you know, different hand moves and everything, you know, different swim moves and whatnot. So, like, I mean, what are you guys' expectations of George this year? Like, how much of an impact um, is he really going to bring as a rookie? Realistic, Realistically, though. Yeah, none of that JJ Watt, Nick Bosa type stuff. Yeah, Kylie. <laughs> I never said. Don't even put me in the. No, 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 no. First Kylie, of all, I was. He's get I was <laughs> never said that. Pull it up. I want to see it. But, I'm joking. I know. I know. I'm giving you a hard time. But I will say that I have been pretty high on the George Karloftis since we drafted him, um, mainly because his energy and his hunger. He is so hungry to prove himself. He thought he should have been drafted higher, and he said that coming out the gate. And I think he is out there with the extra practices, hanging out late, all that. He's Like you said, he's a sponge. He's absorbing everything, and he's really out here to prove something. Um, Initially, I had tweeted out that I think he will have seven sacks country. 
Um, and I stand by that. I really do think he'll have seven sacks. Um, I saw the other day someone was comparing him to Derek Thomas, thinking that he'll have ten sacks in his rookie season. I don't know about all that, but um, I like the positivity. Um, I think he's going to do awesome. I couldn't be more hyped on Karloftis. If if he get ten sacks, Brett V should be GM of the year. Of the decade. There he is in my book. <laughs> Of the decade. Oh, if he had 10 sacks, no more Breland Speaks talk ever. It's dead. <laughs> it's six feet. It's buried. It's not coming back. It's not Freddie Cooper. It's not Jason. If he get 10 sacks, I don't want to hear Breland Speaks' name ever again. Oh, boy. Breland Speaks. <laughs> oh, man. Breland Speaks, man. So, honestly, when they drafted Carl Loftus, you know, you hear like that he had the short arms deal. He said his arms aren't very long. And mm-hmm. I was like immediately thinking, oh, this seems like Breland speaks all over again, like some short, thick guy with no explosion on the edge who's got short arms. But then you kind of see, which I don't know, the Big Ten, obviously he's going to want to be bigger because all they do is run the ball. He's playing Iowa and Wisconsin up there, Ohio State. You know, he's got to get big to stop the run and take on double team blocks, take on set the edge and all that. But then you kind of see him out there, and the first thing I noticed in the game was his entire time at Purdue, all he did was just bull rush and power rush people because, really, he has a strong enough base to be able to do that. But once he started doing out there in this game against the Bears, he's using his hands. You know, he's working different techniques. He works a swat. He's working a rip move. He had a swim move that he got his sack on. He's clearly developing an arsenal of pass rush moves. And, you know, the Bears' offensive line isn't the greatest in the world, but he is, you know, somewhat there competing now. I don't think he's going to break Derek Thomas's rookie sack record. I think that's a little outlandish. That may be for some clicks or something. But I do think like the five to seven sack range is probably fair for him because, you know, the Chiefs are going to play some teams later on down the line, have some bad offensive lines. But even just with his motor, you know, when there's like a good coverage down the field, if he's playing hard, he's going to be able to get free and get a sack, you know, chase down a guy where he probably maybe shouldn't have one here or there. So I'll, I'll go like six, yeah, six or seven sacks probably around that range. Yeah. Is he going to get enough snaps to get to that, though? I think he's going to work his way into it. I mean, you know, people keep saying, you know, Frank's, you know, I don't think anyone on the defensive on defensive line except for Chris Jones has a set number of snaps right now because they, you know, they were bad last season. You know, they didn't they didn't do their job. They ran out of gas late. It was a place where they got to have intensity. They bring in Joe Cullen, who's an intense ass dude, and now they're going out here competing. So I don't know, man. Maybe they, you know, maybe they get a lot from Dunlap early, but then you know his age starts to become a factor. Or maybe Frank starts with all the weight he's lost, starts to get worn down here or there. I think he's going to get his snaps, you know, regardless of the situation that they end up in. But also, I think Spags likes him enough to where he's going to play him early and often. Yeah, so, like, I got the perfect nickname for Carlos Dunlap and George Carlotis. I thought about this overnight. Uh-oh. I'm calling them eight ball and GK three. That's what I'm calling them. Eight ball and GK three. If they make a huge impact together on the field at the same time, that's what I'm calling them. So yeah, you yes. heard it here first. You heard I, it here first. I hate that. I like that. Oh, God. <laughs> that, that's actually that's actually pretty good. Yeah, go. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? 
It's hard. You yeah, wanted to hate. You wanted to it's, hate so bad. Yeah, it's coming out hard. Yeah, I get. Yeah, I'm far. Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> I hate that I like that one. That's. <laughs> He was ready to pounce as soon as you were like, I have I was, an Well, like, I was ready to. Because <laughs> um, Zach Eisen, friend of the show, he suggested for Pachinko, Pachiks. And I was like, bro, that is horrible. <laughs> no. no. I'm good on that one. <laughs> Country, it's Pacheco. What I say? But we're gonna Pachico, but we're gonna get it. You got a whole season. Hey, Pachico, Pacino, same thing. Because hey, this is why I call him the Charles Barkley of this show. <laughs> <laughs> Charles Barkley get a lot of money. Pacheco, Pacheco, right? Correct. Pacheco. So we're calling him Pac now. We're just gonna call him Pac. That works, yeah. Yeah, I guess you. Yeah, I think you need to call him Pop moving forward because you're struggling. Yeah, put check, put whatever. Yeah, you but uh, I, I want to talk about I want to talk about the DB room, man, because I think I got an idea of what this is gonna look like for the corners. So, how I see it is that I think by the time the season starts, I can see McDuffie and Josh Williams on the outside. Then I can see Fenton and Snead being the slot corners. Like, um, do you guys agree with that assessment? Or do you think it's just going to depend on, like, the matchup throughout the course of the year? I kind of think it's going to be, like, typical Spags defense. I'm going to probably keep it vanilla early on. Then later in the season, you know, he'll start making his adjustments for who we're playing. You know, he's Justin Reed and Brian Cook are going to bring a lot of versatility to the room kind of with their skill set. But, yeah, I mean, I they, they they didn't trade up all those picks for McDuffie to, like, have him rotate in half the time. He's going to play every rep of outside corner, you know, as much as he possibly can. They're going to have a hard time keeping Josh Williams off the field, though. I just think with his size and skill set, they haven't found anybody to beat Mike Williams in like three years. Mike Williams has just been beating our ass. So they finally have a guy big enough who can step up and just play him when he needs to and just out physical him. Cause it's not fair when he's just, you know, reaching over, you know, reaching over uh, Rashad Fenton's head or stuff like that, you know, so they got a guy who can actually go out there and physically match up now. Yeah. He was dunking on us, man. Mike Williams has been a nemesis of ours. <laughs> repeatedly so he showed that uh he showed in that bears game he has he does have the ability to get physical um so so kylie what do you think no i agree with caleb a lot honestly and i am just really excited to see mcduffie in action we didn't i didn't see anything on saturday against the bears um i've seen some stuff in practice but like you said they didn't trade up to get him for nothing so i'm excited to see him and again, in a game, get physical and see what he can do. It's going to be really exciting. I think it'll be, yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Hey, country, welcome back. <laughs> yeah, welcome back, country. <laughs> it's one of those bad days, man. One of those bad, it's raining, AT&T sucks. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's all right. It's, it's all good, brother. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I was about to say, like, before I get to you for a sec, country, um, I was about to say, like, from the limited all 22 that I did see, um, it looked like McDuffie did a good job of playing in phase, you know, even though he wasn't getting targeted for real, for real. So, um, just because, like, 
because like it, as, as a cornerback, you know, you're not gonna get targeted every game. You know, there's some games where it may look, it may be boring out there. You know what I mean? Like you're not gonna get much action, but you know, you gotta still find a way to stay engaged because you just never know what can happen. So I'm I'm hoping Washington gives us more. Um, I, I don't want to say competition, but they give us more opportunities because the Bears, the Bears starting rotation, I mean, we pretty much shut them down. You know what I'm saying? Like, they didn't really – they had to pass the Mooney. Is it Mooney or Moody? Mooney. Mooney, which was like kind of a – It was Mooney! <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of a luck thing where he kind of – it was just a, it was a great catch. And then the other one where Josh Williams looked like he shut it down, but he threw it where only the wide receiver to do it. But outside of those two instances, like the rest of it was just nothing. Like they weren't moving the ball with any regularity or anything like that. So I, I just want to I want to get more of a better offense. I think Washington might have a better offense. They definitely have better receivers. They definitely have a scary Terry out there. Um, is he playing though? Yeah, that's any word on Terry this week? Right, that's something we got to keep an eye on. But like, but um, even though the Bears were kind of struggling on offense, I felt like I'm not saying they would have scored on a drive, but there was a few plays that Fields did leave out there where he kind of played a little too fast. Like there was like I know one instance um there was a little out route that was set up perfectly for Mooney on a third down. He could have hit him. But, like, you know, he would have to shake and bake uh, LeJarrius Sneed one-on-one to try to get that first down marker. I don't know if he would have got it. But um, there were other instances where he went through his progressions, but he bailed out the pocket a little earlier. But but that's not taking away from the Chiefs defense or anything. But it's just some things I saw from the Bears' perspective, too. I just want a little bit more talented offense. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, man. I mean, Washington feels like one of those teams like they got pieces here and there, pretty solid defense, but they just their quarterback situation is just such a mess. It's like where where are these guys going to end up competing at? You know, it feels like it, they feel like, you know, classic one of those teams like, you know, like people have been talking about the Broncos are like, oh, they got pieces here and there. But, you know, it was the Drew Locke show the last few seasons or whatever. So it's just doesn't pan out. That's how I feel about Washington, honestly. Speaking of Denver, <laughs> sidetrack. Sorry. Broncos country. Let's ride. Speaking of Denver, um, <laughs> Russell Wilson, you get a bad rap for being a corny guy, which is cool. He's a corny guy. Whatever. I don't, I don't hold that against him. You know, I, I'm a corny guy myself. You know what I'm saying? But crying during the national anthem. Why? He's not the first one. Like, I, but, but and then it was no Sean Moreno on the Broncos. Like, why does the national anthem hit y'all so hard? Like, what emotional place did you go to where you got to cry during the national? Anthem? Hey man, stuff be happening, bro. I heard some good renditions of the national anthem. I, I was there for I wasn't there, but I, I was alive for Whitney Houston. And all these other um, the military guy that the Chiefs bring in like three times a year, who was awesome and kills it every time. Yeah. I've never wanted to shed a tear. I'm sorry. Am I not patriotic enough? I don't. I don't. I just don't get crying. I'm, I'm sorry. 
Never mind. Russell, Russell's, <laughs> one of a, Russell's one of a kind, man. Let's ride. Let's ride. <laughs> he gets, and he, he strikes me as the kind of person who, who, who cries a couple times a week. It's, and that's okay. <laughs> so it's like people that cry in animated cartoons. It's like, why? Why are you crying? So he's why are you crying because Bambi's mom got shot? It happens. <laughs> No, I think he's just, he's a family guy. I don't know. He's a little sensitive. He's got kids at home. You're not crying? No. <laughs> I don't know why I'm trying to have his back, but yeah. Go, go ahead, Charles. <laughs> I was about to say, so like, so he's Mr. Unlimited Tears? <laughs> I know y'all remember the Mr. Unlimited clip he posted. Uh, Mr. Unlimited. <laughs> oh, very much. Very much. He did pull Sierra though, so I mean, yeah, women like a man who can shed some tears. Maybe that's what that is. I know, but if, I mean, I don't want my man crying. But if you go, <laughs> if you go to the game and your man starts crying during the national anthem, you're gonna look at him and say, "You definitely drunk too much today." <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, boy. I'm sorry. No, you good, Washington. Who's Washington quarterback? Carson Wentz? Wentz, yep. yeah. Good old Carson. Good. Yep. Mm. <laughs> Carson Wentz. The same side. Has anybody <laughs> fallen off more than Carson Wentz? No. He. It's just the no one can save him. I can't believe last year Indy thought they were going to be the team to save him. Carson Philly got rid of Doug Peterson for no reason. They're going to feel dumb about that here soon. Because Doug Peterson's a good coach, all because they wanted to stick with Carson Wentz an extra year. I mean, he's terrible through his progressions, and people keep sticking up for him, saying he's not that bad. He threw them out of the playoffs last year. That's why I don't understand. I mean, Washington's dysfunctional, so it makes total sense why they go after him. It makes True. total sense why they go after him. But I'm just like this guy's—he's going to be backing up Josh Allen here soon. He's going to be backing up some—he's going to be backing up somebody here soon. You know, his days as a starter, they can't be much longer. Yeah, the stats look good on paper for last year, but in the fourth quarter, that's when he folded. Like, in the fourth quarter, he couldn't close the deal. Like, when teams were um, stacking up on stacking up on Jonathan Taylor, trying to shut him down and stuff, and he had to make some throws down the stretch, and he couldn't make them. So. He went from an MVP candidate, and then he got hurt, and it's just been terrible from then on out. Like, he's – He's never even got close back to that level. He's just he's just bad now. It's like what I mean, other quarterback is falling from the man? I, I would Cam Newton, maybe. Yeah, yeah, but Cam went to the Super Bowl and then after the Super Bowl it was never the same. Yeah, I mean, what's that Drake the- album? Nothing yeah. was <laughs> nothing <laughs> was the same. <laughs> Yeah, because, like, he had, he had to get shoulder surgery, and then, you know, he couldn't get back to form. And, like, and I believe this is what I think with Cam. Like, he I, he was looking better during his second stint in New England. Like, it was going to be his second stint in New England. And he was grasping the playbook a little more for what I saw in camp. But, you know, they wanted to go on uh, with the Mac, with Mac Jones from the beginning. So I mean, once you feel like you got your, your franchise quarterback, just go. You just got to go with him. Yeah. Or you know, stab your starting quarterback in the lung, and then you go. 
Yeah. I'm taking shots at everybody today. <laughs> Look out. I know. <laughs> the worst thing that ever happened to Tyrod Taylor was the best thing that ever happened to the Chargers. That's crazy, ain't it? That's right. Wild. I didn't even know who Justin Herbert was. I'm going to be honest with you. I wasn't up on Justin Herbert, but he had a hell of a game that day. He, he played like a rookie. Yeah. I don't know. I thought Herbert's film at Oregon. I was like, man, I don't know what they see in this guy. And then he gets to the NFL. And it's like, oh, he was completely mismanaged at Oregon. They're trying to make him an RPO run quarterback. And he's like, I just need to sit back here and throw the ball 30 times a game and get into a rhythm. He's a rhythm guy, though, you know, which maybe it's because he's young. Like you see it when he plays against the Chiefs, he's on, he's on, he's on. But then, you know, there's some of the games they struggle in is when he usually gets out of that rhythm and he can't really find a way to get into it. Nice segue, because let's talk about what his coach said. Um, I'm, I'm basically I'm going to continue to go for it on fourth downs, guys. So get used to it. Is that a dumb? De- uh, is that a dumb decision? Do you agree? Is it? What's I mean, the situation? Play situational football. I mean, right? I don't know. Every situation is different. Like. <laughs> You can't just go for it every time on fourth down just because the numbers say to you. Got to take into account like a, there's a lot of other things going on here. So I mean, situational football wise, like he made some really dumb decisions late last season. Staley did to keep them out of the playoffs, and it, like it cost them the playoffs. And everyone look in the analytic community, those kinds of like people that follow that stuff closely. They'll be like, oh, it was the right decision, but it was just a bad play call. I was like, no, it was a bad decision because it didn't work. I'm like, you can't say the right decision was made, but you didn't execute. That means the wrong decision was made because you couldn't call the right play to connect. So you can't have it both ways. It can't be a good decision and a bad decision at the same time. And it's a bad decision if it doesn't work and it costs your team points. I've said this, like sports is going backwards a bit as far as the analytical era and stuff like they, this, they, they, like, analytics, yes, analytics is definitely needed in sports. Don't get me wrong, but don't make it the end all be all when it comes to situational football. And that's the issue I've been having uh, with all sports in general lately. So he cost them two divisional games our, our game and then the Raiders game at the end. If he wins either one of those, they're in the playoffs. Yeah, and then they lost to the Texans, man. Like, you can't lose. Well, to you the can't Texans, lose to man. the Texans at all. No, <laughs> I don't care what down you go for it on. You can't lose to the Texans. You're not supposed yeah. to. <laughs> That's another great analogy, Hefe. The Texas a and yeah, Texas A&M. They get a lot of hype every year. They got, oh, you know, they got all them oil. They got the oil companies behind them and everything. As far as they football program, and they don't do anything with it. So. So, so Caleb, were you shocked by Lonnie Johnson got cut and, and, and also got picked up by the Titans? Uh, congratulations to him. Best of luck to him. Were you shocked by that cut? I wasn't really because he came in real late in camp. And, you know, if guys are coming in like late, late in camp, it's either like, you know, you've been a veteran, you've been up and down in your career, or you're like a guy like Carlos Dunlap who – it's just not trying to mess around with OTAs and all that. You're just trying to sign and get ready to get into the season. 
Lonnie kind of falls into the latter category because he's had some struggles this time in Houston. I'm not going to say I was shocked because the Chiefs, you know, drafted all these young cornerbacks. They were going to want to give them a chance to play. And I think he was only around as like some insurance, like let's say Williams struggles out of the gate. Let's say some of these guys don't look as good out of the gate, or maybe Dave Tobe needs some help on special teams. But I think they, they think they might have that covered now. But he's not really like the caliber of player where it's like a seismic like cut or anything. He's just kind of got that name recognition, you know? Yeah. I was more shocked by the timing of it. I thought he would at least make to the final cut. You know, so to yeah. to make the the initial cut, it's like, dang, ugh, like that's that's this. It was more disappointing than shocking or anything like that. I I kind of had hopes that he would uh, kind of bounce back to where he was uh, his rookie year, but I mean, he was like fourth on the depth chart, so it is what it is. He went to Tennessee. Um, he should have an opportunity in Tennessee to do do some things. So, I mean, I we ain't gonna root against the guy, but you know, so but it was kind of, it was kind of, it was uh, eh, just a little bit more disappointing than anything. Yeah, you know, Jalen. You know, maybe that says a lot about Jalen Watson though. That they wanted to get him reps over Lonnie, and he made a couple. And you know, he missed the tackle, but he made some nice plays on the ball and pass coverage. So. They probably just wanted to get him more snaps, honestly. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, man. It was just tough to find a spot for him. Like like you mentioned, uh, Jalen Watson played well enough to a point where it's just kind of it's time to it's kind of tough to get him in the mix, you know. Um, I think the, I know the top four position of defensive back are solidified, and it looks like Jalen Watson is in the driver's seat to be the fifth quarter. But, you know, it's still a battle going on. So, you never know. Things might it's, change. But I feel like that's where the Chiefs are at right now. There's still a lot of cuts to be made, too. So, yeah, there might be a vet that gets cut. Um, would you give Joe Hayden a call? Nah. Uh, probably not. I wouldn't. Okay. That ship sell. Yeah. I feel, I feel like Joe is past his prime. He's past his prime now. Uh, I, I, li- I like the young group that we have currently, so you may have to do a little better than Joe Hayden to kind of convince me. So I think we're good. Anybody anybody um, you'd be interested in that's on, um, I would say, the, on the bubble? Like the There's a lot of injuries going on. Would you would – you, um, Cleveland lost, what, two centers? Yeah, I saw and that. And Tampa Bay lost two centers. Would you – would you move uh, Austin Ryder if you for sixth or seventh or something like that? Well, I don't think it would be Austin Ryder. The Chiefs – I think Nick – if there's a tra- guy the Chiefs could maybe afford to trade and get away with, it could be Nick Allegretti because he's got that versatility to play guard and center. And honestly, he'd be a starting guard for most other teams. He's just buried behind Trey and Joe here. You know, he started big games for the Chiefs down the line the last couple consecutive seasons before this point. So I think he could maybe be a guy that could net them like maybe a fifth or sixth round pick. I just don't know if they're going to want to move on from him because I feel like Brett's really trying to emphasize, you know, we're always going to have a stable of offensive linemen ready to go no matter what. So in the case that a guy does get hurt, we never have a they never have a repeat of what happened in that Super Bowl. 
against Tampa Bay where Pat's just running for his life and everything. I think right. I, I think depth is, is concern is a concern for me on that offensive line because to me, like they did okay pass protecting, but you can't run beyond that offensive line. Like when they trying to run block, it didn't look pretty at all. Like no gaps were open. Um, you know, no rim can get to the outside. It just it just didn't look good when they was trying to run block. Yeah, so. that's that second offensive line was the second and third offensive line didn't look very good. Um, oh. Now, Darren Kennard slipping to the you know the third team, the third string tackle, and then having ups and downs with the third string out here. That's not kind. Of, I don't think that's really what we anticipated. Even though he is a fifth round draft pick, I think a lot of people had higher expectations. For him, that I'll be curious to see if they mix him in at guard later down the line. But yeah, you know, but like it is with Andy Reid, though, they may not have the most depth, you know, at like all these spots, but they're going to get these guys in the second offensive line who are obviously they're If anything, they're going to be better at pass blocking. Just they want guys that can hold their own in that regard. Because even if they put like a guy like Allegretti in there and he's got to be, you know, if he's between, you know, Orlando and Creed, you know, he's going to, they're going to be able to run. They're at least going to be able to help him out run blocking. He's going to be able to hold his own pass blocking. So it's give or take, you know, you can't have every position loaded. And then, you know, they, I don't, I just don't think a lot of those second linemen have the chemistry since they've only played a handful of games next to one another, not games, like one game, a handful of snaps in practice. So uh, that kind of, to piggyback off that, um, do you think Rojo was it a combination of? I'm I'm trying to give an excuse for the guy. I'm not I'm not ready to cut him. So was it a combination of the field conditions, the blocking of the whole line, or or was it just did he just have a terrible game? I, I'm just I'm confused that he looked that bad. Katie. You he, know all all three can be true though, man, because. You know, there's a couple of times where he got bottled up where there's nothing going, but then you get, like, that third and short situation and they get him, like, enough room to where you think he'll be able to get ahead for the first down. He doesn't quite get there. I think he might have missed a hole on that toss they ran to him. But then, you know, obviously the field is bad, so maybe he just wasn't comfortable with his footing. But really the big thing with him, I think, they had that slide protection on where he's got to kind of come off the end and pick up the defensive end, he completely blows the assignment and the quarterback gets smoked. Like, you know, luckily that's Shane Michelle, but you know, no, that's not giving Andy Reid and the enemy any confidence to put you out there. If you mess up a play because of a mental error and then the quarterback gets smoked, you know what I mean? So I think it's a combination of all three, but really I was disappointed in the way Gore played McKinnon didn't really get much run. But I think right now the running back room kind of looks like it's going to be Clyde, Pacheco, and McKinnon because Gore might have, you know, dropping passes, fumbled. That's just not what he can do because he's already on, going to be on a shorter leash. But I don't know. Yeah. I don't think it's too good for Rojo, man. It's, it's, I'm not feeling good. I'm not feeling good about it at all. I mean, because when we signed him, it was like, okay, we got a runner. He's probably going to have to force Andy to run the ball, but he looked – it was just such a bad game that it just – I don't know. It was just a very, very bad game. Yeah, and like uh, – and, and, and you mentioned Derek Gore. Derek Gore, it looked like he lost his confidence a bit, man, because I heard he count today. He was kind of struggling to count. 
Like, I saw that he – I guess he dropped a pass in the flat where he could have got some yardage. And it's like – it's starting to be like a negative effect moving forward. And it's tough because he played well for us last year. Yeah. Yeah, it was that – it was it was that uh, that confidence builder. And, and, and we can say the same thing for Roger Johnson. Like, Roger had that bad day at camp, and then it just – Ever since then, it's just been down. It's like it's pressure, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Like the pressure, because we don't have a bad team. So the guy behind you is is pressure on you. You know what I'm saying? Like he can't jump you and take your spot. So you, I don't know, man. I'm just, I was just bewildered that he had such a bad game. It was, I, I didn't expect that at all. Like it was just like, yo, what is going on? Well, I mean, he he got benched in Tampa last year, you know, mostly for fumbling. Who knows? Maybe that messed up his mental side of his game where he's running more cautious now to be able to hold on to the ball because we all know that's something that Andy Andy talked about. I saw the comments down there, though. We hadn't even mentioned, you know, the receivers or anything like that yet, though. But they said Sky was open downfield. Sky looked good, man. That toe tap, that toe tap he had was nice because I was like, I like didn't think he hauled it in. Then they show the replay. I'm like, damn, I'm like that's a lot from ass. That's a lot from a rookie right there, man. Yeah, Definitely. and that's why some people. That's why some people trying to compare him to AB just because of that toe tap. I said, stop right, it, let's, stop like, it, stop, let's let's, let's stop. calm down a little bit, people. I lo- I love I love Sky's potential. I love his ceiling and everything, but let's calm down the AB comparisons. So. Well, I, I I saw a little bit of his presser today, and he said he's still he's still learning. You know, the pro style routes, like he's still adjusting to it and everything. But for what I've seen, man, the kid just looks great. So uh, it, it, it can only go up from here as far as like his potential. If he said, if he's saying all that currently. I, I also thought about uh, what you were saying. Uh, you think Shane kind of, he zeroed in on Justin Watson. Yeah. Like the entire, how many targets did Justin Watson get? Nine. Maybe he had a bunch. Yeah, I mean, he led the team in receptions for right. the game. I don't know. That kind of remind. I don't know. That's just like a quarterback that's just okay being comfortable with one guy because he just like remembers the route best and he just kind of has that hookup from camp that he's been throwing to him a lot. Dude, I looked up some of Justin Watson's athletic numbers. That dude's an athletic freak. He just jumps like he's a 40 inch vertical. And he put it on display twice because he got overthrown a little bit on that one pass out to the sideline and then the touchdown he caught. I'm like, this is a pretty, I don't know. I guess it's diverse, the skill set the Chiefs have at wide receiver right now. And he just makes it a little bit more interesting with kind of that big vertical. Are you locking him in at five? Yeah. And, you know, special teams ability, obviously going to help him out there. But you, You've heard Mahomes talking about him. He's at least going to make the practice squad, so <laughs> at least know that's going to happen. Yeah. Who, who, who's your sixth guy right now? I go Fountain. I mean, he put it on the tape, which is weird because if Josh Gordon keeps his feet in bounds, you know, him and Fountain are in a competition, but Fountain makes the catches on the slants, you know, just made them look easy, did the right thing, held on to the ball, got first downs. Josh Gordon, you know, that game of inches, man. He didn't. He just was on the short end of the stick. Yeah, I was. I said the same thing about Cornell Powell. If Cornell catches that slant, he he turns a bad day into a great day. 
Yeah. It would have been a great day for him. That was he a ugly drive. Huh? That was an ugly drive by Powell. It was, uh, it was bad. I know he wants that one back. He has to want that one. No. I bet Andy's going to give those guys more chances, though, in the second game. So, we'll see. Because he knows that offensive line is so bad. You know, I almost feel bad for the second running backs. Honestly, he's probably going to – I bet you he gives Rojo some run with the one offensive line just to kind of see what he can do to give them a glimpse to see if there's actually anything there or if it's a lost cause at this point. Yeah, I want want to give up on Rojo just yet. Um what I was going to ask, I was going to ask, I was going to ask. I, I, I want to make this point real quick before you get to your question, uh, Country, because um, I want to touch on Sky a little bit more. Like, um, I know Kylie mentioned that she said that she would like Sky to run with the ones a little more in his next game. And I want, I want to see Sky with Patrick myself. And because I think, I think Patrick will look for him more than what Shane would look at him. And we get to see more what Sky can do. In this offense, I mean, you got seventeen games for that. <laughs> now listen, but we got to see it at least one time before game number three. We got to at least see that. We got to at least see it once. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I think. Um, oh, this is what I was going to ask. Did they pull Chad Henning too fast? No, I don't. Because <laughs> how many players did he do? Eight, maybe. Is out there like two drives? Yeah. Yeah, I thought he should have played the whole first quarter or the rest of the first quarter. Um, This is the second game, so starters are going to play quarter and a half, maybe? Yeah. I don't see – look, if they go down the field like that again, they're just going to take Pat and Travis off. You know, they'll probably let the O-line get their conditioning in. You know, maybe let Juju and MBS just keep getting their feet together. But other than that, if they go down and score easy again, they're going to be sitting on the sideline. And like, and he been in the league for how long? So I don't think he need to play much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but he's a better quarterback to gauge your guys in. Like, I think Cornell. I think Gordon might have had a better game if they were playing with Henny versus Danny Crum or whatever. <laughs> Dustin. <laughs> The crumb cake, you know what I'm saying? So. The crumb cake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's that's what I'm saying. I um I did like crumb too because he came in like I'm the fourth screen guy. I don't care. I'm just gonna toss it up. I don't care. I'm just gonna try to make Sports Center tonight. So Man, I like I that in him. I know <laughs> Michelle gets a lot of hype because he can make some throws out of the pocket, but the dude's a turnover machine. I think he's had a turnover just about. Every preseason game he's played in the last two seasons. So, you know, I know there's maybe some hype that people are like, oh, could he be the new backup quarterback? But I'm like, it's going to be Chad Henney just because Chad Henney's never going to be like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make like a really bad pass. He had some bad passes against Cleveland at one point in that playoff game here a couple years ago. But, you know, I think the thing with Andy is he just – if they have to go an extended period of time with a quarterback, he's just going to go with the guy who's just going to check it down and kind of do like some Alex Smith-type things, and that's going to be what Henny does. Yeah, yeah. That, that interception that Shane threw was – He threw yeah, really That was terrible. Yeah. I don't know he, what he saw on that play. And he should have had two interceptions on yeah. it because uh, Brisker – Brisker dropped one when Shane tried to throw it across the field. I said, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no. Thank God. 
You're not that guy, pal. <laughs> You're not that guy. You're not that guy. <laughs> Yo, hey, man. So, Caleb, man, uh, you've been rocking with us for a while, man. And uh, you put out good work. I don't know why you say you're a retired film guy. I don't, I don't It makes sense, though. Sense to what you say. Oh, yeah. A wash film guy. A wash film. A wash film guy, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> washed yeah. is, I don't know. I put the washed in there like more like I'm just washed up in general, not a washed up film guy. <laughs> You're pretty good, man. Don't, don't be so hard on yourself. <laughs> yeah, I've seen um, you used to play football at Truman State. Yeah. Saw that. Back you in- play where? At uh, Truman State in uh, Kirksville, Missouri, okay. part of the state. Yep, that's where I went to school. I was up there, so I'm washed up from that for sure by now. <laughs> what position you play? I was offensive line. Offensive line. Yep. How much did you weigh? Uh back then I was probably like two eighty five, two eighty something like that. Man. Yeah, that boy's down no trenches. Yeah, yeah. he was in. <laughs> No, yeah, the wars down there. Yeah, we we played against uh we played against Wharton. Oh, really? They were in our conference, yeah. Did, yeah. did you have to block him? No, I didn't. I didn't have to block him. I was I was like our I was like our Andrew Wiley. It's like halftime. I'm gonna play. <laughs> they, just they just can't get rid of me somehow. <laughs> That's whatever, I mean. man. You showed up to all the parties though. Always. <laughs> Always. I mean, that's what Wiley does. It's like, damn. Man, he shows up to every party. <laughs> nah, but for real, man. Hey, man, we, we, we're glad to have you on as a guest, man. And uh, we know we've been vibing back and forth. We've been uh, trying to get this done for a while. So, hey, man, we appreciate you, man. Uh, uh, tell me your, your Twitter and all that, where we can find your work and uh, how to follow you and everything. Yeah, man. Just go. Uh... Go check me out at CJ Scoobs on Twitter. And I usually put most of my work out there, you know, from the articles I write for Arrowhead Live. I post those on there. And then I've been working on starting my own YouTube page where I've just been doing like film reviews and stuff. It's called Arrowhead Live Team Talk. So go check that out. Like and subscribe to it because I've been working on, you know, some video editing stuff, trying to move more towards that direction. But yeah, man, thanks for having me on, fellas. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, that, that's dope. I'm uh, keep us posted on that for real. I like that. So, uh, Chuck, man, um, check us out, bro. Yes, 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 yes. Choking on the pickle juice. <laughs> so yeah, I think everybody, I think everybody for tuning in. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, share on your social media platforms. And until next episode, let's go, Chiefs. And let's at least get one dub this preseason. I mean, one dub would be cool. So, how's yeah, yeah, because we got humiliated last game. <laughs> yeah, humiliated. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all.